morning and welcome to another edition of Magic Man in the Morning. I am your host, Sean Grace, aka Magic Man, and I want to welcome everybody to another Friday edition of Magic Man in the Morning. This is number 10, ladies and gentlemen. We've gone through 10 episodes so far, and I'm happy to have my guest, Gerald Glassford. Good morning, Gerald. Happy Cinco de Mayo to you. Buenos dias, senor. Como esta? <laughs> uh, muy bien, muy bien. Uh, I'd be better with the Lakers win up 2-0 heading back to L.A., but I'll take 1-1. Uno, uno. Uno, uno. You're right. But you were right at the beginning of this series. You said if you thought they could uh, get uh, a split, you felt pretty confident that going back to L.A., they could uh, try and really take a stranglehold on the series. Now, Gerald, Golden State really didn't do anything fancy yesterday. It was just a lot of... Steph Curry pick and roll, and he made a lot of quick decisions early on, and we just couldn't adjust. By the way, just to let you know, it's uh, not Diaz. Remember, yes, that's right. Uh, You just filled in for one. I stand corrected. So ten for the Magic Man, eleven overall for the show. That's wonderful. That's correct. Yes. All right. So, Gerald, why do you think the Lakers were not able to adjust to? First, they decided to trap him on pick and rolls. Then they decided to blitz him, and then they decided to hedge. So it seemed like they were they were confused all over the place, Gerald. It was simple adjustments. What do you think the Lakers need to do differently in Game Three? Well, again, first off, ESPN gives you this morning the shock and awe uh, headlines. The Lakers are afraid of Steph Curry. I think that's a bunch of baloney. Uh, I think he does create certain problems and certain matchup issues. But again, he's been doing that for over 10 years. So let's put that in perspective. The Lakers are not scared of Steph Curry. They're going to pay him special attention. But when Klay Thompson hits eight of eight out of 11 and looks nothing like the player that he was that was over the hill and washed up in the Sacramento series, that's a different story. That's the problem right there. Yes, should they spend more time and and attention to Steph Curry? I guess so. The Lakers have played already. They've already paid enough attention to him and will continue to do so. Where they need to focus on is trying to make sure that that you know that whatever it needs to be done on contesting better shots and and making sure that they they don't have their way with all the other players, Pools and the Thompsons of the world. And, and, you know, if Jermichael Green hits another three, three-pointers, God bless him. But there's a reason he was buried back on the bench. So I'm not convinced he's going to be able to do that over the course of a seven-game series. I do think, though, that Thompson, you cannot go ahead and let him continue to get off. So adjusting the role to maybe going ahead and maybe focusing more on him and Curry to go ahead and put them as the focal point of your defense, I think would probably be best on that. If Poole wins you the series, I still yet believe can't believe that he's going to do that either because Poole is so inconsistent. He'll get 31 game and five the next. I really think that at this point in time, you just got to make things more difficult for both of them. Just get them uncomfortable. Same thing with Ja. Get them out of their comfortable spots. Put them more off balance. And if you could do that, and still maintain the inside with a revived AD who already is again like after every time he has a bad game, he blames himself. He'll come back 
He'll come back a lot stronger in game three, and I think the Lakers do have a chance to go ahead and pull away game three and game four and go back to San Francisco up 3-1. I agree, Gerald. And you're right. It, You know, we were – So I think, you know, some Laker fans were – and I include myself were maybe a little over-optimistic after game one that perhaps, you know, they could uh, pull out a uh, – not as strong an effort, but a strong effort in game two and try and take a 2-0 series lead. But these are the champs for a reason. They're going to come back strong. They made adjustments. Uh, well, it's I wonder... so hard to win twice on the road. So in, hard. It's so, it's so it, yeah, it's so hard. I mean, the Florida Panthers made it look easy. Because, uh, fortunately, they were playing the Toronto Maple Leafs, but <laughs> Gerald is right. It is so difficult to win uh, two games in someone else's barn it's just very very difficult so as we uh, head back to game three Gerald other other than what you mentioned what do you think Vanderbilt has to do differently because Golden State did a good job of creating separation between him and Steph Curry on the pick and rolls and he was able to take advantage of the space do you think he needs to make some individual adjustments or do you think it's more ham and the coaching staff that's uh, more ham on the coaching staff. We also got to make sure that he, when he gets the ball, he's more decisive on what he's going to be able to do with it on the offensive end. It's clear that the game plan is to get him the ball, uh, you know, like the defense is the defense is focusing on the offense, fun, uh, forcing the offense to funnel the ball to him constantly. The thing is he's got to be able to make better decisions with it. And obviously the, his lack of a student touch has, hurt the Lakers, especially on that inside. He had several shots in the key, which unfortunately not many of them fell. So maybe a thing is he should not find himself in the key as much, do other things to go ahead and free up other people, maybe more pick and rolls, things of that nature to either get him easier looks at the basket or do something to go ahead and, and just be able to, not have him be as much of a try to be as much of an impact player on the offensive end because it's clear he cannot give you what you needs to give you on the offensive end, but he needs to stay out there as a defensive weapon because he provides so much uh, so much height as, as far as that's concerned. So I do want to go ahead and make sure to, and and say you know what it's time for him to go ahead and 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 focus more on on the defensive end, try to get himself. Le- more or less involved in the offense as far as actively shooting, trying to go ahead and get the ball to AD more, some a little bit more play action from AD will help. But also just, again, it's a, a lot of it's focused on ham and how he's going to go ahead and restructure the defense and offense on both sides after a terrible game too. Yeah, it was a terrible game too. Uh, again, you, you know, Golden State didn't, uh, didn't do anything too fancy. They just ran a lot more pick and roll action with Steph Curry the Lakers trapped, blitzed, hedged, did everything possible. At least Darvin Ham thought so. I mean, we may disagree, but he tried to empty out his bag and it just wasn't enough. So we're, we'll go back to the drawing board and see what happens in game three. Gerald, as we move around the Lakers, there was news yesterday and uh, we didn't get a chance to touch on it because of the, uh, the game that... Um, you know, Pat Beverly and Russell Westbrook are, are both uh, clamoring uh, for uh, opportunity to get a ring should the Lakers hoist the uh, Larry O'Brien trophy. Now, it's a little controversial, 
to be fair, uh, this is a team by team decision. Teams decide individually whether or not they want to reward players who have previously been on a roster that won a championship. My question to you is, if you were in the Lakers ownership right now, would you offer Russell Westbrook? Okay, and- really, we, we shouldn't even be having this conversation because we're still 11 games away from winning a championship. So it's really a, a, a something that I don't even It's really been out there, though. Yeah, I know it's been out there. I saw the article, but it's really not something I really want to even worry about or focus in on because, again, we have to get to that point before we even worry about that. If you're a class organization, you offer it, it, you know, and if you're just, you know, going by the motions, going by the business, you just forget about them and move on and, you know, let them whine and moan and be, you know, that's fine. But if you really want to go out of your way and show yourself as a class organization, fine, so be it. But, again, this is something that we shouldn't even, you know, you and Joe spent some time on it, and that's time that we don't even need to spend on it we just really need to focus in on the here and now i couldn't care less about pat beverly i couldn't care less about russell westbrook they were not a help to lakers you see that the lakers are addition by subtraction and they're much better without those two individuals on the team i wish them all the best wish them good luck in the rest of their careers but i'm so glad that they're off the team joe called it with beverly i called it from day one on Westbrook that the Lakers were better off without them. And you know what they are. And I could care less really whether they want a ring or not, or whether the Lakers give a ring or not to them, because again, right now it's all about getting to that point first. That's what I'm more concerned about at this point in time. All right. Uh, well, uh, Alex in- says Beverly sent us Mamba. And that hasn't <laughs> been very much. So yeah, Mamba isn't even playing and he's actually been out the past couple games. He hasn't even been eligible. So uh alex unfortunately beverly has the return on beverly hasn't been much at all right now to speak of well uh, you know in saying that gerald though the reason partly why i brought it up was because we we know darvin ham has been enamored all year with this three guard lineup and the majority of the minutes played before the trade deadline with that three guard lineup were russell westbrook pat beverly and dennis schroeder so you've had two players substituted out You've inserted Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell. We saw it pay dividends in the first round and in the play-in with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Game one was a bit of a bit of a double-edged sword, Gerald. We got a little bit out of D'Lo and we got a little bit out of Reeves. It just wasn't at the same time. Yeah, so my I, I, question to you is, do you think that perhaps Troy Brown Jr. plays a bigger role in this three-guard lineup? In games three and four. I think, again, when it comes to three-guard lineup, you got to have three guards that, that are able to go ahead and pop from three like the they Golden can State shoot. Warriors. Yeah. yeah, the Lakers don't have that. So uh, I would not try to go ahead and match that with Troy Brown Jr. It's, it's apparent and clear after two games. He can't get through screens. He's been mm-hmm. very poor. Both Van Gundys have called him out on that, It's especially on, on – the first game where he just can't get through screens. He's not doing very well. He gives you nothing on the offensive end. Again, uh, you know, I know that fried chicken, as you're scratching away on the microphone there, fried chicken said a long time ago, give Lonnie Walker a shot. You know, TBJ isn't giving you much. If TBJ doesn't give you much and we see what we got from Malik Beasley right now, which is absolutely nothing. Try Lonnie Walker. He's a terrible defender. 
But then again, TBJ is not helping you much either. At least he might be able to give you something on the offensive end. So if you go to a three-guard lineup, you might as well try with that just to see how it works. Because again, he's played well in garbage time now in, in a couple games for the Lakers. It's something where I think you need to look at it. You know, Joe's saying, don't change the boat, don't rock the boat. I'm sorry. When you're playing every other game, the Lakers are fatigued. The Lakers, you know, I don't care what Joe says, you know, as much as I love him. Yeah, he's he's got he's all wrong, dead wrong on fatigue. You know, it's like Joe is like putting the fatigue factor that that almost every human would be going through right now. And just put, he's just trying to disregard that. Unfortunately, the Lakers are a tired team every single playing every other day, especially with two players over the age of 30. He's, you've got to worry about it, especially playing so many minutes. You've got to put that factor in there. The Lakers have to find some minutes for some reserves to play, and have, those reserves have to start producing. And if TBJ can't do it, if Beasley can't do it, put someone who, in, who might. Just give them a shot. At this point, if you're ham, you have to be open to trying new things. When in Gabriel, you know, obviously we saw, you know, on, on uh, yesterday's game, he came in there, poor kid. He's trying, but unfortunately – both games, he's done to giving you absolutely nothing, and it's been actually a minus in both games so far. Uh, feel bad for the kid, but you know you get what you get. I told you when you've been cut by six teams, you've got a guy that's you know playing so hard, playing it, but he should be a thirteenth uh, or 14th guy in your team, and you make him out to be the backup center, you're really in trouble. Bamba has given you absolutely less than zero for this team, which is absolutely not what you needed. It's almost like having Beverly out there without the mouth. So, I mean, that's the only thing because Mamba is not giving you anything at all as far as the contribution is concerned, like Beverly did at times for us. So it's tough right now. It is really tough. The Lakers have to find someone else besides Hashimura and Schroeder to help them. Otherwise, the Lakers are really in a lot of trouble as far as trying to find someone out there that can give ad and lebron a little bit more rest if you can get them down to 38 to 40 minutes you know 38 if you can get them 38 instead of 43 for ad that's a world of good that extra five minutes does so much more a hundred percent it does so much more and on the uh... yeah we know Ra- Ra- lonnie walker's benched a long time ago absolutely and he's been only getting minutes right in garbage time I'm just saying at this point in time, Troy Brown Jr. has not been the answer. Uh, obviously, we saw with Malik Beasley, he's not been the answer. You got to try something at this point and in time because the Lakers need all the help we can get. Absolutely, Joe. And I, I stress, I, I really don't see Mobama getting any playing time, really. Well, he's uh, a terrible defender. For, 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 yeah, for a couple Lonnie reasons. Lonnie Walker is a yeah. terrible defender. Absolutely terrible defender. That's why he lost his position. He's very slight for his build. He's got a very slight build for his, you know, his very feet. easy to move him off the yeah, spot and yeah. get your own. But the guy can drive and get buckets. You know, he may be sketchy from the outside as far as streaky from that end, but he can go to the basket. He can get fouls. That's what he can do best. And that's something that the Lakers need to do because the Lakers need to go ahead and get more points in the paint after they did a horrible job of that yesterday. And they did a horrible job of getting the line something that they did very well in game one and they need to revert back to that. And, you know, just even if he gives you some minutes that you couldn't get from TBJ or Beasley, isn't that what you're asking for at this point? Yes. Yes. That's all. That's all. Um, you know, that 
the problem the Lakers have in it, when we get into the weeds here is that other than AD, they have really no other bigs that you can play against the Warriors shooters or even their non-shooters. Even that's a struggle. Just try putting Bob out real. there. Yeah. Yeah, that, that seems like the only alternative at this point. And against the non-shooters, that might work. And if it doesn't, well, you tried something. Same thing with Wenyan. But as Gerald has said before, when the Warriors or really any team that can bomb goes small, it's difficult for the Lakers to match that because other than AD, you don't have another big who can give you significant uh, production or even limited production against a team's secondary bigs. It's it's That's the issue there. Hopefully AD just comes back with a stronger game and that becomes less of an issue. But as the series goes, goes on, Gerald has said that the more the Warriors go small, the more emphasis there is on the Lakers to try and find somebody who can play other than Anthony Davis. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. My last movie that I saw in the theaters was The Last Skywalker. I know, condolences to me. Wow, man. Right. I, I just had talked about that and I completely forgot that I saw that movie. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't speak great things about it, I suppose. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. You just got to find somebody that can give you some minutes at this point in time because the Lakers, again, are a tired team. Again, I don't, I know what Joe says, but you, the eyes are right there. You can see clearly at the Lakers, especially when it comes to AD and LeBron, uh, you know, you saw AD had no gas in the tank right from the get-go, you know, playing every other day. It's really hard for them to do at this point in time. I really think that they need to go ahead and find any way that they can to get some productive minutes off the bench, not named Rui and not named Dennis Schroeder, even though Dennis Schroeder was horrible in game two. You got to try and do what you can to go ahead and buy some minutes for them. I think it will do a world of good. I think the Lakers will come back strong in game three. I think they'll go ahead and be very motivated to go ahead and take game three. I know that I was listening to the, the Hoop Collective podcast. I do agree with them, and Game 4 will be crucial for the series. Uh, I think that's always crucial for any series as far as it's concerned, so that's not really a stretch. But no. if you can buy any time for the Lakers to go ahead and get some rest for LeBron and AD while still maintaining a lead, I think that's a really a win for the Lakers right there. Yes, I agree, Gerald. I agree. If if they're able to find any semblance of that, even and Troy, Alex, you know, Alex, uh, Troy needs to get around those screens. He cannot. He's not getting around those screens. And one thing that they do for those shooters is they use a lot of screens and ball action. And Troy is just not doing it at this time. He's getting himself caught time in and time out on those screens. And he's not chasing over. He's trying to go under, and it's just not working out right now. He needs to go ahead and, and maybe, uh, I don't know, at this point in time, he's not the guy I would bring now. I, I had, when he was hot from the outside about a month ago, 
he was the guy you needed to bring in because of how well he was playing. He is not playing well. He's not shooting well at this point in time. So you got to go ahead and maybe it looks different options because he, he was supposed to be a good defender. But right now, as a man defender, he's pretty good. But running around those screens is just really hard for him to do at this point in time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and um, for, for everyone out there, and there may be, still be about five or six of you calling for maybe Malik Beasley to get some minutes, he would look absolutely lost out there, and they would make him look very silly. Well, he, if he's out there, he better hit shots. As simple that's as that. the only reason he would be out there is you need to hit shots. Gerald, let me ask you, as we move on to uh, tonight's action, mm-hmm. we find that uh, the Denver Nuggets are in uh, the land of the rising sun, and they're ho- they're playing host to uh, – sorry, they're on the road for this, with the Suns. There's been three games off, Gerald. It felt it feels like this series has been just dragging on for weeks rather than just uh, a well, few you know, days. It's, it's the way that the NBA spaces everything out, and you know it's it's cramped for one or two series playing every other day, and then the other series are like, okay, you get like five days off in between your games. So it's really that's the way they want to do it. It's made for TV. Uh, Sovereign. Props to you, my friend. I just dropped the kids off myself, so I know how it is. It's really too early for me, too. But I know on Cinco de Mayo, my good friend needed a hand on here. So, yeah, definitely glad to do that. He's grinding away on that the keyboard right there, as I can hear right now. <laughs> Raul says, if that was the scenarios, the Lakers have no backup bench players to help the Lakers team. Lakers are done. No, not necessarily the Lakers are done. That's what Raul, again. We need to focus on what is positive here. And what is positive is that the Lakers do have, uh, you know, a chance to go and get this done in L.A. the next two games. The thing is, it just if they can find someone at, or maybe the collection of Wenyan Gabriel and whoever to become that eighth individual that gives you consistent minutes that won't let your team down as far as in the plus minus category while they're in there. That's all you need. Just someone to buy you enough time to go ahead and get things done. I just, it's just not working right now. When we saw at the beginning of that second quarter, AD sat down immediately. The Lakers gave up the lead immediately. And that's something you cannot do each and every time out. You have to give AD a little bit more rest. If you can find a way to do that, maybe change it up as far as, bringing someone in there, maybe get just some fresh blood with Lonnie Walker in there just to sit, maybe throw them off on the other side, seeing how that works for five minutes, giving that a try, just doing something to change things up. I would even, you know, if you want a Malik Beasley, you want to go ahead and you're, you're really rooting for him to go ahead and get back in. That's fine. Go ahead, put him in, give him a shot. But TBJ has not been the answer so far. If you can find a fix for him, then I think the Lakers could go ahead and have a great chance of winning games three and four. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. yeah there's, mm-hmm. there's no question about that. I, I, I think it's an, it's a issue, but it's not a big issue. It's not at mm-hmm. the top of the list of what the, the, the Lakers uh, have going wrong with them right now, but mm-hmm. it is an issue. But like you said, Gerald, it can be mitigated just by playing very well. And making adjustments. You know what, Raul? <sighs> not to not to go into a deep dive about it, but I've complained inherently mercilessly about the refereeing this year. Overall, it's just been very bad. 
yesterday where it was just really bad call after bad call. I really don't think Eric Lewis should be refing any Lakers or Celtics game, but the NBA put him on the on the sheet for some reason. He should not be refing either one of those two teams. I don't even think he should be refing in the playoffs, to be perfectly honest with you. But here we are. The, the Lakers just have to have to stop worrying about the guys in the zebra shirts with the whistles and start fo- just focusing on what they can do to get back to the free throw line because that was a huge issue. They weren't attacking the paint. They were too passive. They just decided that, uh, I, again, we talked about this during playback and, and Joe had brought it up around the nine-minute mark in the third quarter. He said that the Lakers had basically decided that a split was good enough. And well, um, I guess so. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, and they just stopped playing. I mean, that, that was, that was the issue there's, there's no way unless you stop playing that team's going to run you off the court by 20, 25 or 35 points. The, like Gerald had observed the, the previous night, the Sixers stopped playing. That's why they lost by 30. And then the Lakers stopped playing. And then they started playing a little bit halfway through the fourth and it didn't look as bad. But the, the well, it, again, Raul, I mean, every fan base talks about the refs doing something wrong, bad calls. I mean, I was on it. The best part about it is I was on uh, the after the awesome game six that we had last week. I was on the Memphis Grizzlies board for about, uh, I guess, an hour after that game ended. I looked at over 300 different comments on that message board. And like half of them were saying how much they were robbed by the refs and whatnot. Everybody gets robbed by the refs. You know, it's those egregious calls like we got in, you know, Boston. Those are the ones that are really wrong. It wasn't the refs last night. I mean, there should have been some calls in the Lakers when they got in the lane. There were some fouls. Yeah. But would that have made a difference in a 30-point game? No, that's not the difference. When it's a close game and there's a missed call, that's one thing. But yesterday, the Lakers lost because they just didn't have the energy, and and Golden State really needed a desperation, and they really, you know, they 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 knew they had to have this game game two in order to stay in the series. So that's it's that wasn't the refs last night. It was actually just the Lakers just not having that energy to win the game, and that's something that they need to refocus on and get in game three, which I think they will. Yes, I agree. They will too. Absolutely, Lakers for life, no matter what. Absolutely. Just wanted to get your thoughts again on Game Three tonight between the uh, the Denver Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Gerald, if Phoenix wins going away, will that change your mind at all about the way you see this series going? You know what, Alex has a good point. You have to be disciplined and follow your defensive plan for forty eight minutes. Very well said. Very well said, Alex. I really like that. That was very well said. Uh, I just think right now, this is a desperation time for Phoenix. We talk about desperation time for Golden State, which was last night. This is desperation for Phoenix right now. And without Chris Paul, I'm not sure that's a bad thing because, you know, what Chris Paul you're going to get at this point in time, he's been in and out because of his advanced age. He is not aged as well as LeBron, even though LeBron, he's had his weak points, but this is nowhere near to what we're seeing with Chris Paul. Chris Paul, you know, would you never know which, from game to game which Chris Paul you're going to get but you're not getting Chris Paul because he has that groin injury right now. So again, you know, you have Booker and you have Durant. These guys are supposed to go off for 40, both of them at the same time. 
And when they're only getting 25 points apiece or whatnot, that's not going to get it done. You're heavily reliant on those two guys to produce and produce big to go ahead and pull you out of any situation. And they haven't yet to do so in this series. Denver, which is the reason why I, I am very uh, concerned about Denver if the Lakers move on. I am very concerned about Denver because they match up very well with any of the wings. That includes Boston. They match up well with them. They match up well with the Lakers, and they match up well with Phoenix. And that's what concerns me is that you you have the situation where you have uh, you know a, a team in Denver that could just really provide size, length, and and they have seven quality players that they can bring in there that can actually get the job done. So just like the Lakers can. So I, uh, right now, it just seems to me that, it, you know, if the situation I think right now is with Denver, all they need to do is split. If they split, they've got that series done. And, it, you know, if they, they can, if they win tonight, it's all over. It's absolutely all over. Yeah. You don't, you don't give the, you wouldn't give the sons a snowball's chance. And you know what, if they were down no. 3 no. despite, despite the talent. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'd say it is. That's odd well, say it is. no one's ever done it. No one's yeah. ever done it. There are 13 teams who've come back from 3-1, but nobody's come back from 0-3. Yeah. Um, now, two teams have come back from 0-3 to force a game seven, but uh, they didn't end up winning the series either. So, the, Gerald, I happen to think that the, the numbers say that that's going to be eventually uh, dispelled as well. I, uh, maybe not this year. But I think in the future, just the, the probabilities exi- just exist that eventually somebody down 03 will come back. I was uh, a friend of mine. I was reminded of, um, well, before the Knights came into existence, your L.A. Kings, who were down uh, 03 to the San Jose Sharks yep. and managed to win four straight and go on to win the Stanley Cup. So I, I will say not every game is rigged, but if you're an Alabama baseball player, you know, that may be a different story. That's bad. That's a really yeah. bad story, Gerald. Do you have any uh, further thoughts on that one? Did you, did you uh, kind of see somebody, this? Somebody's got, we got the payola. That's simple as that. It's pretty cut and dry. You know, you fire a, a coach for those allegations, you better be pretty valid. And, you know, in today's age where you can just bet right off your phone, it can be pretty valid. And, you know, it's no longer the days of Pete Rose. It's the days where you can go ahead and, and, and do that, uh, you know, pretty easily. I'm sure it's done on a more wide basis than you and I actually have any idea that there is because it's so easy to use someone else's login and do some things there. And, you know, miss a shot and things of that nature. So I think uh, that sports betting is is really something that's uh, out there and and possibly being an influence in games and sports all across the country. But to the extent uh, of doing it for like for an NBA game yet, no, I don't think that's that's the case right now. College sports, you never know. Yeah. You never as know. We saw, as we see in Alabama baseball. <laughs> And we welcome in our uh, good friend, colleague, and uh, great, great analyst for the Lakers Fast Break community, Laker Nick. Laker Nick, welcome to Magic Man in the Morning, man. Hey, Magic Man. Hey, Gerald. Uh, happy Cinco de Mayo. How's everybody doing? Uh, happy Very Cinco well. De- yes, happy Cinco de Mayo to you, my friend, as well. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bit tardy today, uh, this morning, Magic Man, but um, it's, good to, it's good to be here, and it's good to see you, Gerald. Uh, you know what, Nick? I just... Well. I just appreciate you and Gerald getting up in the morning 
And uh, uh, you only got being, me for a few, a little while longer, my friend. Yeah. All right. all right. Okay. But uh, Nick, we were uh, we were just discussing some afterthoughts about uh, Game Two with the the Lakers and Warriors and what adjustments we think uh, needs to be made. And then uh, we had a brief discussion on the uh, Nuggets and Suns series. Do you have anything to add to either one of those topics? Did you see anything last night from the Lakers game that you'd like to see uh, 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 adjustments made or, or maybe a, actually a change? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, Sean. And I think aside from whatever X's and O's or tactics like Cam could uh, modify for the next game, um, on my end, what I saw with my own eyes was just a, a general kind of fatigue or lack of effort. I'm not too sure if it was one or both uh, of those things that was uh, happening last night, but I don't know. It was definitely um, uh, in some sense uh, upsetting and a bit saddening that by I think the second quarter, um, at least myself, I felt that there was no chance uh, that we were going to win that game. And um, it's unfortunate, but um, that's how, you know, the game panned out. Well, I'll tell you what, though, Nick, again, you know, you and I both saw after as soon as that that start of that second quarter was really bad. But I, I really think that, you know, if the Lakers refocus, find a way to buy some time for AD to get some rest. I really think you, you'll you see the dividends on that in game three. And, uh, you know, I think it'll come down to a, an important game four matchup on Monday. I agree with you, Gerald. At the same time, though, you would expect that the Warriors would at this point be more tired than the Lakers. Uh, obviously, they don't have a 38-year-old um, going on 39-year-old uh, superstar with LeBron James, who you know is performing better than he probably should at this point in his career. Um, that said, you know uh, the Warriors do have you know a 35-year-old Curry, Clay Thompson. I think is like 34, 33, not far behind, and riddled with injuries. Draymond Green is also in his 30s, and, and AD, yeah, he's 30 this year, but. Uh, I mean, I would expect a little bit more energy from him. Um, I know that he was very active on the rebound last game. Um, and this game, it just uh, it just wasn't there. Um, so um, let's hope they uh, they rest up uh, today um, because, you know, they're playing in like, uh, you know, a little over 24 hours. We'll see what happens. Uh, Mr. Sean, you there, my friend? Everything okay? Yeah, everything's good. Everything's good. Just trying to coordinate between uh, uh, the chat and uh, our panel. Um, yeah, those are those are some good uh, good tidbits from uh, Laker Nick. Laker Nick, I had another question for you. What adjustments do you think that the uh, the defense, particularly on the pick and roll, should make? Yeah, Sean. I think in general, I think it's uh, it just goes back to kind of my overall comment about effort. I didn't see this same hustle and you know running running trying to break screens from the defensive side i know that we were all on playback last night and we all know and understand that d'angelo russell is um, unfortunately a minus on defense but i just saw a couple possessions where he was completely completely out of it um, it was as if he was not even trying and he might as well have been on the sidelines i was uh i was actually surprised that he was putting that effort out there especially against a uh, the team that um, ended up dumping them after like two or three months. Um, so actually, I think it just comes down to effort um, because if uh, we all recall, what was it, maybe a week, a week and a half ago when the Lakers uh, lost in Memphis, uh, none of us, including Joe Soro, 
um, were upset about that. And we weren't upset because we did see genuine effort from the Lakers side. You know, it was the game that... two that bothered me. Right, right. So I think as long as we see effort um, on both ends of the floor, um, you know, we can't fault this team. But, um, you know, what we saw last night was a team effectively give up after the first quarter. Yes, I would say that's 99% true. And to answer your question, Nick, I would think it's it was equally 50-50 from the former and the latter uh, with the energy and uh, effort as as it stands. I mean, Gerald, Gerald, Gerald's right. Like, don't tell me, don't tell me, and Joe and others have, have made this uh, assertion that, you know, well, it's fatigue. Well, don't tell me you're fatigued. That's, you know, you're a high-performance athlete. You've had a day off to recover. You need to go. This is your job. This is what you get paid for. Nobody ever punches into work and says, yeah, you know what? You know what, Gerald? I'm really tired today. I can only give you five hours of you know what? I out dis- of the eight. I disagree with you there. These guys are playing at such a high level. You know, it's getting very physical here in the playoffs. It is a different mentality. I don't sound like a mini Joe to me, my friend, because I disagree with you on that. I think, you know, the human condition and the, the way human body is set up, you could only give out so much for so long. So don't give me that mini Joe stuff, my friend. You know, if we were out there busting our ass, uh, you know, like we did in game one, we've been playing back to back for a while. Yeah, we had four days off previously, but still for AD, you got to remember, this is the longest and consecutive games he's played in some time they showed it on the graphic during the game he's missed 44 percent or something some type of really big number over the course of the year since they won the championship of how many games he's missed and that this period of time consecutive games because remember he didn't skip that back to back this is the most games he's played consecutively for quite some time so i just think right now that you know playing get playing him 44 minutes, you know, each and every time out, that's a recipe for disaster because I just don't think he's you, not, not many players, not many humans on this planet can consistently play at a high level that many minutes each and every other day. It's just not possible. Gerald, and I was just uh, kind of uh, laughing to myself when you were uh, telling Sean that he's a mini Joe. Yeah, it's just like it's like a Joe echoing Joe, and it's like, you know, yeah. come on, Sean, come on, come in on. Def- in, def- in defense of Sean, Gerald, I'll, I'll only say that Sean could probably not understand this because he always has energy. Well, he's you better know? looking than Joe. You know, he's a more handsome guy than Joe. So there you go. Like Sean is all motor and you know, with the nonstop. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You gotta you gotta start really raging though. Sean, if you really yeah. want to do the Joe, you have to start really raging. The problem is I don't have as much bass in my voice as that man does. Yeah, when true. when he opens up his mouth, the ground can shake. He sounds like Paul Bunyan. Yeah, that that's true. Yeah, well, There you go, Paul Bunyan. There you go. Chop down some trees. Absolutely. So, <laughs> Actually, uh, Zinger brought up a, a really good point, Gerald. She said that uh, over the past eight games, uh, Austin Reeves has uh, traveled 70 miles. So we, we maybe need to uh, give him the anthem of I've been everywhere, man, because he's been everywhere on the but, court. But he's 24. Four. Now, he's I, got the, I will he's give got the you, leg, yeah. I will give you Austin Reese when he's 20, you know, when you're 24. That's a different thing because I understand that. 
when I was younger, I was able to go ahead and run seven to 10 miles, you know, every day or every other day. I actually had jobs here in Vegas when I first came to, to Vegas, uh, it, you know, and as working in the early 2000s where I did run that many miles in a given day because of the fact that's what the job needed me to do. But, you know, I wasn't needing to go ahead and do full sprints if, you know, for the entire 48 minute period of time or 44 out of 48 minutes. Asking a 31-year-old player to do that after being banged on the inside constantly by either Draymond Green, Jermichael Green, or Kevon Looney, that's kind of tough after you just got a series where Jaron Jackson was just all over you at the Xavier Tillman side and the David Roddy hitting you underneath and stuff like that going on. So, you know, I, I really want to give AD some credit uh, for for and think that he's going to rebound. Uh, but when it comes to Austin, yeah, Austin's 24. He's a kid, still just getting started. Should have bundles of energy. You know, I think when it comes to D'Angelo, D'Angelo, we've always talked about his defense anyways, you know. And the fact that he's not always there consistently over the course of a game. The thing is, though, with Dennis Schroeder, Dennis Schroeder, I think, is a key because he he does get through the screens well when he's playing. Well, we saw in game one what he can do. I just think that, you know, Dennis Schroeder, if he's playing well, is such a great key to this team's success. Yes, he is. He's uh, he's kind of the uh, the oil in the in the engine, so to speak, when uh, when the oil is replaced and it's not thick and it. He plays well, Joe, but sometimes when he doesn't play well, you know, we've talked about this before. We get those okay games and those bad games. Sometimes he can gum up the works. Yeah, that's for sure. And, and you know, I, it was a team collective poor effort on Thursday. We did have a good effort from LeBron that first half. but and was, and uh, And we're rooting for Austin. Like this, yeah. this panel here, like we were the ones – who were saying, you know, eventually he needs to start over Beasley. Eventually. Now, we didn't think it'd be this soon, but hats off to Austin. Yeah. He's performed uh, above expectations, but, you know, he set a standard for himself, everyone. And, you yeah. know, yeah. he holds himself up to that same standard. So I'm ahead, expecting Nick. the kid to bounce back yeah. really well. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. No, I was just going to actually bounce off what you, Gerald, and uh, Sean were saying. I completely agree with uh, Austin Reeves. In fact, uh, Sean, you might recall that um, I think it was last week in one of the snack packs with uh, Jamie Sweet. Um, I think we all concurred that he was probably the X factor for this series. And he needed to be, you know, good. Uh, good as, you know, meaning the standard that he has set for himself, as you were discussing and he just uh, simply hasn't been that this season so far or this series so far. And so we can't afford to lose in L.A. Um, I, I don't think we should lose even even one game. I don't think we could split uh, the L.A. Uh, LA games with, uh, with the Warriors. Um, preferably, you know, this ends in six games. But, um, yeah, uh, we just uh, really need to come out tomorrow and win. Great. 
Absolutely agreed. I think if we take these two games, I think it just puts the uh, Golden State Warriors back on the hot seat, and I think it really will give the Lakers confidence. I mean, obviously winning does so much for your confidence, does so much more for your drive, your energy, the whole nine yards. And I really think that if the Lakers can go ahead and 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 pull out games three and game four, that's really going to do a number on Golden State and put a lot in their heads. Unlike what, you know, I, I they, they say, okay, well, we've won championships at Golden State and this is not going to bother us. It didn't bother us in the Sacramento series. Well, you know what, with with uh, if the Lakers are leading three games to one heading back to San Francisco and the Lakers only needing one game of the next three, I think that's uh, going to put a lot into the heads of Golden State as they head back to San Francisco. That would be a great recipe for uh, for a series victory. Got to take it one game at a time. I think um, the main difference I want to see tomorrow night, Gerald, is – I want them on Curry right away like they were in game one. It just seemed like he had way too much space. And like you said, he was a he was a quarterback in the pocket that was able to have time and was able to see everything. So if you can if you can really cr- uh, clamp him down early and make him like, you know, Jared Vanderbilt got him into bad decision making. He got just him put to, him off balance. Yeah, that's all yeah. you had to do. And that's what happened. Right. And a lot of his turnovers were because he only was able to see on one side of the court. The games that we've lost against Curry and to jaw was when both of those players found their comfort zones and found their comfort spots on the floor. We have to just make it uncomfortable for both of them to make off-balance shots, to make sure that they're put in places where they're not comfortable. And if they can do that and slow them down and slow Curry down even a little and work on the other guys, make sure Thompson doesn't hit eight threes on you or Poole doesn't hit six threes on you, then I think that puts the Lakers in a lot better position. I know Zangerstein still says play Troy. At this point, if he's not able to fight through the screens, because you would think on paper, Nick and Sean, that, Troy would be a great person for this series because of, you know, his height for what he could do. He can, he can play heads up on guards, but fighting through these screens has been a real issue in this series. And if you're doing that, get someone else in there who might be able to do a little bit better. Yeah, Gerald. In fact, actually, before you mentioned Troy Brown Jr., I was about to bring him up uh, just because I did have a, a query for the panel where, um, you know, even just maybe, three weeks ago, we were all in general, in general terms, you know, praising Troy Brown Jr. saying that, you know, the Lakers could even, you know, should try their best to try to retain him or see if he could come back next season. Because he was playing, you know, in the minutes that he did uh, get, he was, I think, being, you know, generally effective. And there was, uh, well, I will say, well, I was just gonna say this, my apologies, I just wanted to say real quick, you notice his decline Mm -hmm. meant Rui's incline right 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 and i was about to like actually yeah gerald you t- you 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 hit it right on the head where yeah Rui has been uh obviously um increasing uh, his performances in the in each and every game that he's uh played um you know Rui has been um generally consistent and troy brown has not um and it's just interesting to see how troy brown jr's game uh decline pretty significantly in, in less than a month. I, I don't know what that's due to. I, I don't know what that's due to either, but Zangerstein, I don't think they're going to trust Max Christie to go ahead and be, you know, a rookie as much as I would like to give it a try at this point. I think that, you know, maybe the small build of Lonnie Walker, the four, maybe to this point in time 
even though he's a detriment on the defensive end normally, maybe that's to his advantage because he might be able to get through screens better, Nick and, and Sean. I just think that you might want to give him a try. And if he, he's, you know, he shoots as well as he's been doing it, you know, as he's been doing in garbage time, and he shoots that well during the stretch, you know, he might be the next guy that you might find off the bench that can help you. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I have not been a proponent of Lonnie Walker all season long, but maybe some things that he can give you this time around, Nick, that might be working out for you. Yeah. And actually the other guy that I was going to bring up and maybe he has already been discussed on, uh, on this uh, episode, but I guess we're all kind of a uh, scrapping Malik Beasley. Is that correct? Yes. For the most part in this series, I think he's relatively ineffective uh, unless you're putting him up against their non-shooting lineup. I, I think, you know, if you put shooters and ask Beasley to defend, it won't go over very well. Uh, you know, he's he really had problems with uh, Luke Kennard uh, and Desmond Bain in uh, the first, first series with the Grizzlies, uh, Nick, in the first, like, three, four games where he, he played minutes. I just don't don't see him being very effective. Yeah, I see Alex. Uh, he was uh, commenting about Beasley, and uh, yeah, Alex. I think just his uh, uh, Beasley's uh, defensive uh, deficiencies is probably going to keep him uh, sidelined for uh, for the majority of the season, well, uh, the and, series, really. And, and absolutely, and if that's kind of the the line of demarcation that the the Lakers are going to have, then. Max Christie would get minutes more than Lonnie Walker would. Max Christie is a better defender than Lonnie Walker. Um, I think he should have gotten more of a look, though, in February, March to get more prepared. But right now, I think a fairly, a fairly untested rookie is not going to get much time from Darvin. I don't, I don't think so. I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to put him in that position, Gerald. I, I, you know, a lack of playing time with the group. Um, and you said, you know, this is a, this is still a rookie. So I think there, you know, there's some real problems there, giving him significant minutes against this team. He had a but stretch if, where he was playing; he was part of the rotation as a ninth guy, eighth, ninth guy coming off the bench. But then you just halted it; you stopped it right there, right around the trade deadline. No more Max Christie, and that's the problem. A kid like that needed all the time he could get, so that he, you might think he could be a contributor coming on, you know, as that eighth guy. But right now, he hasn't gotten any time in February or March. And you're, you know, it's just like Tristan Thompson. Anybody who's still supporting Tristan Thompson, you saw what you got last night. This is what you're going to get from him because the guy has not played in over a calendar year. So, you know, you can't expect him to give you anything. And the same thing with Christie. He has been in the G League for most of the past couple months. So Nick and Sean, I, I just don't think it'd be reasonable to expect anything. Now, do I think his style of play would fit best? I agree with Zangerstein. Yes, it would. But the experience factor at this level, the playoffs, it's really hard for him to play. It's, it's not like THT in the bubble where you were playing him some minutes because you could afford it because the Lakers were doing so well. I just, I just think that this point in time, playing Max Christie is something that I don't think Darvin Ham will risk. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Gerald, uh, playing Max Christie significant minutes in this series or in these playoffs is malpractice. It's uh, the equivalent of feeding, I don't know, a lamb to the wolves. I mean, you just can't do that. The kid is, um, you know, super young. I mean, super, you know, inexperienced. Uh, I think he's talented. He was obviously drafted for a reason. But, you know, to give him this responsibility at this stage in his career is unwise. 
You should have played is, him in February and March. If yeah, you were it, do that. it is. But I, I like he fits the physical profile of this team and the way they want to play defense, and particularly against the Warriors. He's he's a little smaller than Jared Vanderbilt. He's got similar length, About similar six, to Austin Reeves. Yeah, but like Gerald was saying, if if he had maybe like. 250, 300 minutes with this team, and he was shooting over 35% from three, then I would say, yeah, he needs he needs to get some serious minutes. But like Gerald was saying, this is the business of basketball. The Lakers made some moves at the trade deadline, and unfortunately, Max Christie's development and playing time was a casualty here. Uh, I mean, great comments. Just big shout out to the, the comments with Z, Alex, Raul, Terrence, Sovereign. So many great people there. Just cannot thank you enough for your great comments. Indeed, absolutely. We have the best chat room going, Gerald. It's yep. it's bar it's bar none. It's the best, and I'm not just saying that. Uh, me and Gerald watch watch and scout our competition, and uh, no one holds a candle to you guys. You come prepared. You're polite. Your analysis is spot on. You're funny. You guys make me laugh. I love having a good time with all of you and just appreciate the support. Get some Nick, go ahead. Get Nick in here, man. I'm doing all the talking. Yeah, I, Nick, I don't want to be, I don't be Laker let's, Tom on this thing, man. Let's come show on, some go. love for our, uh, our chat room, man. Ever since I started watching the Lakers fast break, it's been uh, consistently great. Uh, and like you, Sean, uh, I had uh, checked out like other Laker channels, but um, here uh, are knowledgeable, but they're also, um, they're also funny, you know, and, Humor makes uh, life uh, worthwhile. Yeah, 100%. Language is laughter of the soul. Pablo Neruda. <laughs> You're quoting poets now, uh, Sean. Not bad, right, Nick? Not bad. Very intellectual. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. So we're going to end Magic Man on a high note. I wonder if Joe would actually know any kind of poetry. Roses are red, violets are blue. You I better shut that... up or I'm going to hit you. <laughs> oh the poet laureate of temecula joe sorrow so with that everyone this was a fantastic magic man in the morning i want to thank everybody sovereign zanger alex raul jupau daniel everybody i didn't see blue or pmc today so i'm sure they're around to eventually work in or sleeping yeah. Yes, I would guess PMC is sleeping and team replay, Sean. Their team replay. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. They'll replay. catch it on the he replay. He is the captain of it. So yes. Joe punching the air. That's funny, Sovereign. So with that, we just want to thank you again for a wonderful magic man in the morning. A happy Cinco de Mayo to everybody out there. Game three is where, 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 where's your hat though, Sean? Where, where's your uh, all the props for Cinco de Mayo and all that? Uh, yeah, you know what, Nick? I didn't have any. I was talking. Well, before on... we go, though, I want to put a bet to you guys. Okay. All right. Okay. If if the Lakers win the series, the Magic Man in the morning afterwards, we will all eat a breakfast burrito on the air because I love breakfast burritos. I want any excuse to go ahead and eat them. We will eat a breakfast burrito on the air. Absolutely. You got a that's deal. Gonna, yeah, that's good. See, that's something we can do. Breakfast burritos. We're going to be reading them if the Lakers win. I want to actually eat one anyways here at beforehand. But you know what? I will eat one on the air if the Lakers win the series, this series against Golden State, guaranteed on the air. Absolutely. So there you go. Oh, thank you so much, Gerald. There's a great restaurant 
about a block and a half from my house that that serves them. I haven't been able to eat them for the past year or so because uh, I had an ex who was was very adamant about my weight and not wanting me to go out have a treat like that. So now I get to enjoy it. Okay, well there you go. Absolutely. So looking forward to my friend. Looking forward to eating that breakfast burrito. All right. Got the best in town here at Roberto's Taco Shops, which are in several locations around the city. They make the best. I've been here since 95, and I've found no better than them. Roberto's, yeah. why don't you sponsor Gerald's Pop Culture Cosmos or Lakers Fast Break? He's giving you a free advertising on Magic Man in the Morning. You can't buy advertising like that. Well, let's ask Nick. Nick, from where are you at? Is there any good spots near you, my friend? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, there's definitely like holes in the walls and this and that, but you know, I could always, you know, cook something up and, um, and, you know, uh, make something homemade. I, you know, there's just like a variety of different spots here, but, uh, but yeah, I do need to check out those, uh, spots in Las Vegas, Gerald. I know that, uh, you've been uh, adamant about, uh, promoting them and hopefully they sponsor the LFB. Alex, he, everybody wants Joe to rant, my gosh, all the time. He was there last night. Uh, he didn't rant too much unless it went. He did rant on something. What did he rant on? I forget. Nick, uh, do you watch the show? Uh, 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 well, he did rant on playback, and people are missing out if they're not on playback. Yes. Yeah, he, he did. did he, he, he did, did rant on playback. On very sensitive issues, let's put it that way. <laughs> no, he, he, I think he ran out on the referees. Yes, he did. Yes, yes he, he did ran rant on the on referees, the referees. Alex. Yes, so, he yes, did. So that was last night, so check that out on YouTube. You were, I think you were there last night on YouTube, Alex. And then, but playback, playback.tv, he is much more apt to rant each and every time out because he just gets pissed off at something on playback. And he yeah, can it's, curse it's, there. It's, really it's it, like, like Joe being irritated is like uh, a fart in the wind. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that it is. That's so true. That's so true. And with that, we'll end Magic Man in the morning on a high note. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back with more snack packs, more Lakers weekend, more post game. And please join us on the Lakers Fast Break Network. Everyone have a blessed Cinco de Mayo and a great weekend. Go Lakers. Go Lakers. Go Lakers.